Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill. And before I introduce the Grace Guard Dog, Steve, who is here, well, I'll go ahead and introduce Guard Dog, Steve, then we got okay. a special announcement. Yes. Oh, I'll just introduce, we got a new new person. His name is Greg Harrington. Just pulled him in off the streets. Yes. Yes. I just rolled in. Good to be with everybody. My name is Greg. Long time, long time friend in the Lord, a brother in the Lord. Awesome friend, too. Yes. You'll never meet a kinder manifestation of God's kindness than when you hang around Greg a while. Amen. That is true. He's a living example of what it's like to be a vessel for your spirit to show itself through. That's for sure. He's also a really smart guy, too, so. Let's add something new to this podcast today. He has some brains. <laughs> yeah. So, how much were you going to pay me for those compliments? I don't know. I'll throw you. I'll throw you a five five dollar on the side there. Thank you, Steve. Very kind. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he has no idea what we're going to talk about. So no. this will be fun. That way, the spirit can talk. Proving our point that we always make. The spirit does the talking in in this studio. And what is the well? Can you review? Yeah, the yeah, last podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say the last four podcasts, and there will be many more on this idea. The the subject of manifesting God's Holy Spirit, or literally manifesting God. That's what we've been talking about for the last few podcasts. And we went over how the parables, how Jesus was talking about how we're going to manifest God through the parables. We talked about the upper room discourse where he said he was going to leave and make us, clean us up and prepare us to be vessels for God to use and that he was going to make his abode in us, what was the word for abode? Monet. Monet. He was going to make his Monet in us and cause us to be the vessels that he Moneted through. And he told us to abide in him and he would abide in us. Meaning not to abide in our own human resourcefulness, but to abide in the Holy Spirit's resourcefulness how the Holy Spirit shows love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and self-control. We went through all those things, but the, the, the gist of what we are talking about and what we will be talking about for a while is this new covenant idea that he came and put his spirit in us. He said, new covenant, I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statues, meaning cause you to 
live a righteous Christian life like you always wanted to, like it says in Galatians 3.3, are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain the goal by human effort? No, we'd be crazy to try and match what you can do through us in our own human strength and resourcefulness, in our own dedication and determination. We just can't make it to, to that level. And it takes that level to please the people around us. We can please the people around us when we're manifesting the living spirit, but we don't do so well when it's just us humanly trying to please the people around us. So we've been talking about manifesting the spirit and how to depend on the spirit to live in harmony with the people that are in your life, how to shine with the people that are in your life. And we only shine, like it said in 2 Corinthians 4, he is shown in our darkened hearts. We only shine when he manifests himself, which is the topic of the day. Amen. I like the the idea that you just touched on that. Could you repeat it? <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, Bill. <laughs> yeah, about manifesting God and just how important that is and how it's the actual foundation of the new covenant. It's what runs, it's the engine for the new covenant. It's what runs the new covenant and makes the new covenant run is him manifesting himself through us. And you mentioned about him shining in our darkened hearts, his light shining in our darkened hearts. And I uh, misdefined that word last well, time. I paid a price for it, so I don't want to do that again. That's true. That's true. But the idea of manifesting is we've been talking about how it's done through contrast and it, it, it brings us back to the purpose of the law the, the law was to manifest that there's no good thing in us and as Paul said there's two things wrong with us um, we have no light and we have no goodness that's what he said. Nothing good dwells in me that is in my human nature. The willing to do good is in me, but the doing of good is not. And that word for, I find that no good thing dwells in me, is right before, it's in 714, you know, that he says, mm -hmm. uh, let me read it. Okay. The law is spiritual, but I am... Therefore, he's talking about the law is good for its purpose. In 7.13, Therefore did what is good become death to me? Absolutely not. On the contrary, in order to be recognized as sin was produced death in me through what is good, so that through the commandment sin might become sinful beyond measure. And that's that word 
it up here. I don't want to use words that aren't <laughs> there anymore after. It's the word phano, and it comes off our word phaneros and phaneru. Phaneru, yeah. And it's to bring to light, cause to shed light, become glaringly apparent. Obvious. So obviously apparent that there was no good, Paul says, there was no good thing in me. No good thing, it would be readily apparent that there would be no good thing in Paul. That's what the law, the, the, the ministry of condemnation proved to Paul. And us, hopefully. And it's the same, same idea that when the rich young ruler said to Jesus, good teacher, what must I do? What good things must I do? And he said, two things, good teacher, what good things? And he said, why do you call me good? Only God alone is good. So when you, when we do a good thing, after coming to the revelation that there's no good thing in us, after it's rendered obviously apparent that there's no good thing in us, and we do a good thing, we now we are seeing a manifestation of God. And knowing that. Say I'm that in, again, Bill. I'll try. Okay. When Paul said, I find that there's no good thing in me. That was the whole purpose of the law. The law is good, Paul said. But I am of sin. Sold into bondage to sold sin. Sold into bondage to sin. And then he says, so that the law would show, become, render apparent, obviously apparent that there's no good thing in me. And that's what Jesus told the rich young ruler, why well, call me good, only God is good. The rich young ruler went away sad because He wasn't quite, he, he thought there was something good in him. That something good could do good things. And Jesus is saying, why call me good? Only God is good. Unless you have God in you, you can't manifest. You can't, what this word means, phano, render apparent good things unless the Spirit of God is living in you. So in essence, we do not have the capability within us to do good. That is, in our flesh. Yes. The Spirit of God in us enables us to do good, and that's the Spirit of God that's going through us to actually make us do the good. We see it in the the rich man that was upset that he realized he can't. Jesus said that. He directly said that to us. And we see that in Paul. Paul said, the very good thing that I want to do, I just can't do it. It's right there in Romans. Romans uh, 7. seven. seven. 
I tried. I, he seems to be trying, but he's not able to do it. So he says, who can save me from this body of death? He's talking about the body. Uh, Jesus, it's through Jesus and his spirit is the only way. So the law was just to let us know that we are not capable of doing anything good apart from Jesus. Thus, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in us, now we can do good through God. Now we can do good all the time, man. All we the can time. be great people through the Spirit in us. It's the secret of how to be a, a model Christian. As a matter of fact, that's one of the two mysteries that the Bible calls a mystery. The first mystery was the Gentiles and the Jews will be together, one. And then it says the mystery, Christ is in us. And truly is a mystery. How can the living God live inside of us? But he does. It's, it's a miracle, really. It's, it's just amazing. But it's, it's the mystery of God. He literally lives inside of us. And I want to challenge everybody out there at this minute. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that God lives inside of you? That he has made you a vessel that he abodes in? Do you actually believe that? It's time to confront yourself and see whether you believe that or not. That's a 4,000 year old secret. Mystery. Yes. Another word for mystery is secret. That Christ in us, the hope of glory. What would be some synonyms, um, Steve, uh, Bill, for a manifestation of God in us? The word manifestation. What would be some synonyms for that? That he shines through us, that he appears through us. That he works through, through us. us. That he speaks through us. Okay. Um, what are some of the other words, Bill? You even know the Greek words. I think he covered them there. there. Becomes obvious. Is... Becomes obvious, yeah. I can give an example in my life. Amen. Of what I can actually see the Holy Spirit in me. And the Holy Spirit in anyone is a changed life. Because if there is no change, God is not there to make any change. But if, if you come to Jesus and you have accepted it, and, and just like Romans says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you will be saved, you will. Then the Holy Spirit comes in you. And then what happens? Well, you have a changed life. And what, what do I mean by a changed life? Because we, we are saved by grace no matter how you no matter how you cut it, we're saved by grace. So how do your life change? The willingness to do what's right is there. The conviction of wanting to do what's right is there. What it wasn't before. You didn't care before. Now you care. Your flesh might still make you do the wrong things like Paul says. I just can't do what's right. But the difference is you feel bad about it. You feel convicted. The, the Spirit of God in you doesn't let it go. It's, the Bible says that if there's a war between the Spirit of God and the flesh, or the human nature and the Spirit of God, however you like to call it, there is a consistent war. 
and they're both at war with each other. The Spirit of God wants to do what's good in you, and the flesh wants to do what's wrong, what's not right. And the Spirit of God is stronger in you, and He can overcome it. So the fact that you feel this conviction is telling you that the Spirit of God lives inside of you, that you feel bad. That's one of the indications in my life that I see that sometimes when I make mistakes, it just eats me up. The, the, I want to glorify God. And, and sometimes I can't. And I ask Him and I pray. And then it gives me the ability. So that's one of the indications that the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Mm -hmm. Because He nudges your spirit. He nudges you. Your conscience. Yeah. Your spirit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, the, the spirit, the, the flesh warring against the spirit to, to make you do what's wrong. But the flesh wars against the spirit to try and do what's right, too. The, the flesh wants to do the right thing. Paul said, in my human nature, I was willing to do the right thing. I just couldn't because of this thing called sin that dwells in me. And he personifies sin at that point. He makes sin as a taskmaster, a living entity, says it lives in me and it pummels me, my human nature. The sin in me pummels me and takes control of me. That's what makes my flesh war against my spirit. The idea that there's this sin guy or this principle of sin, he said, I find that there's a law of sin in me, that, that there's a law, and he describes it two ways, as a person, as a living entity, and as a principle a law of dynamics that always has the same result that is within us, causing us to do exactly what he said. I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I do want to do. And if it's me doing what I hate, it is actually sin dwelling in me, causing me to do that. And that sin guy is what gives us all the trouble it gives our human nature the trouble. It doesn't give the spirit the trouble. Once the spirit comes in in abundance, then the sin guy, the flesh, it's all dormant. And it's just a beautiful expression of the Holy Spirit. That would be another word for appearing, expressing the life of Christ. There's actually... I don't know how to say this. It might sound controversial, but darkness is the absence of light and evil is the absence of good. That's why it says in Isaiah 45, 7, I think, I create the light and the darkness I, I do the good and allow evil to exist. Whenever you have the absence of light, this is simplistic, <laughs> you're walking in darkness. The woman that was caught in adultery and forgiven by Jesus, basically saying, saying go and sin no more, then he says something profound. He says, I am the light of the cosmos. 
the one that walks in me will never walk in darkness. Walks in my teachings. So it is... What can be said of that is Jesus saying, if you walk in my light, an understanding that it's the spirit that does good, you'll depend on the spirit. And if you depend on the spirit, you won't sin. If you walk in your own understanding, you're walking without the light of knowing that there's no good thing that can dwell in you. You're, in other words, you're walking in darkness. But he says you'll never walk in darkness if you follow his teachings. And that was the whole purpose of the law, was for Paul's conclusion to be, I find that there's no good thing in me. Just like the rich young ruler found out, there's no good thing in me. Um, Paul's big similarity with the rich young ruler and I've heard even people say that could have been Paul because he was a ruler of a synagogue and he was young that was financial status but he told him to um, give up all his wealth right and follow him and he couldn't do it because he coveted that's what Paul says. Um, I would not have known what sin was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. And then it brought about coveting of every kind. The ability not to covenant was what Paul found. Covet. covet. The ability of Paul not to, the ability for Paul not to covet, he couldn't find the ability to do it until he said, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? So, dude, I like what you said, Greg, that you need that manifestation that uh, you, you can't do the good. Bef before you will trust in the Holy Spirit to do the good for you, by walking in the light, you have to come to a revelation that there is no good thing in you. And then when you come to that revelation, you're going to be open to what the Old Testament calls waiting on the Lord, what the New Testament calls abiding in the Spirit. They both mean the same thing. You're not going to step out and try and do a good thing, you're going to wait for the Spirit to do it through you, to do for you what you can't do for yourself. The minute you try and s s say, okay, that's it, don't steal, okay, I'll, I won't steal. And then, then the law comes back and produces this thing about cheating on your taxes and all these things just become utterly sinful. But when we wait, waiting on the Lord and abiding in the vine are what the same this, the same idea. And you, what it means is you're just depending on the Holy Spirit, who is good, who is light, to manifest His life through you. 
And when he's manifesting his life through you, people like you two guys will say, I know that's the spirit doing that in Bill because he has no ability to put his <laughs> stop putting his foot in his mouth and, and doing all the things that we don't like about Bill. Now, that being said about, we spoke a lot about that we are not uh, capable of doing good and there's no good in us and there is a lot that seems that it puts us down that we are not good. So basically we're saying, okay, you are not good. But we are not saying, and God in his love is not saying you're not worth there's no. a difference between right. God Amen. saying, Amen. there's a difference between God saying that you're not able to do the very holy thing that I created you to do, that is be without sin, than to say that you are not good. God does not say you are not good. You just can't, don't have the capability of doing anything good in his economy. You need his spirit to dwell with your spirit. But not to be confused, that you are worth, you are God's poema, you are his craftsmanship, you are created in his image. Amen. So you are worth more than anything in the entire universe to him. Well Just said. to clarify the difference between your worth to God and that you're not able to do good. You still belong to God, you're still able to do good in God. God, through you, you are able to do good. Just yeah. to be clear that you're worth, that you have worth. So when we say you're not able to do this, you're not able to do that, that is a part from God. And God is in you. God gave you a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. God lives in you, through you, and in every essence of you are, God is with you. So let's focus on the good that he's given us, his incredible gift that he actually freely, freely says, you want me, I will come and dwell and be inside of you. Let's enjoy life together as I created. We are together. God and his creation are one together. Yes, the honorable vessel. The honorable vessel. Very, yes. Yeah, I love the way you said that, too, Greg. That you're right. That being bad and the absence of being and the inability to do good are two different things. We are, we are good and valuable, and worthy to be redeemed. Now we need to depend on the one that's able to do the good through us. Yes. Not being able to do good doesn't make you a bad person. It just means it makes you a dependent person on the ability to do good to come from the Spirit. Okay. That, that just wants us to realize we need Him. That's the whole point is we are not created to live without Him. We yes. live with Him in every way. We live with Him and He lives through us and God wants us to be conscious of that, aware of that, mentally associating and accepting that fact. So it's our position that we know where we stand, why we were created, to live with Him, to be His creation. 
Amen. 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 Okay, now with that in mind, let, let, let's kind of apply the idea, knowing that the good comes from God, when we see somebody showing kindness and love, peace or patience, what are we seeing? Manifestation of God's Spirit. And that is what a large part of the New Testament and the epistles are trying to teach us. And why are they trying to teach us that we are seeing a manifestation of God? So that we can see God's, Jesus said, the kingdom's coming, it's near you. You can't even see it, it's all around you. My activity is just everywhere around you and you can't see it. You don't know what is going on. You don't know that I'm manifesting myself everywhere. Through the heathens, anywhere I want to manifest myself. Through a donkey, I manifest myself. That's why it said that creation clearly showed God's character in Romans 1. Where it said, but they chose to ignore it. But we're not choosing to ignore it. We just don't know enough about it. And that's what I want. That's why I want to do some podcast on the idea of manifesting because I want us to get to the point where we can see God 25 times a day and, and realize that we saw God, that we can see the kingdom activity all over the place because it is literally manifesting itself all around us and we're oblivious to it. Most Christians are oblivious to, to the idea. Half of them think that was me doing the good. I, I mustered up the determination to do the good, and, and they didn't realize, no, it was God, that you were literally the vessel that the God of the universe chose, like you said, honorable vessel, that chose to live in. He chose to live in you. That's how valuable you are. And he shows himself through you constantly each day and I want us to be more aware of that because once we're more aware of that of how God manifests himself then we can spend a few weeks on how to fellowship with the spirit and how to fellowship with people who are in the spirit as opposed to fellowshipping with people who are in their human nature then our joy can be complete. I've got a reason for wanting to, to, to deal with the idea of manifesting for a while because I want us to get to where we are fellowshipping with God through the people around us and realizing that we are fellowshipping with God. I mean, these are just grandiose ideas, but they're true. They're true. We actually see God all the time, and maybe some of us don't know it. He says somewhere in, uh, what is it, uh, Corinthians, uh, is it chapter 10? We have the mind of Christ. And chapter 2. 
Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter, chapter two, two verse verse that we have the mind of Christ, meaning that He reveals to us this manifestation of God that He is in us. He gives us a glimpse. First uh, Corinthians thirteen, uh, twelve and thirteen talk about that we cannot clearly see the way God is right now. Uh, we have this this body that's covering us, this flesh that n doesn't allow us to clearly see. But when he comes, we will be like him and we'll clearly see. But right now, he has given us the mind, even though we live in the flesh, that we can actually see what he's doing. We can have glimpses of his beauty, of his manifestation in us. We can have discernment when we see God appearing through people, we can see, that's amazing. Look what that person has done. That is the beauty of God, what God can do through somebody. And just to uh, myself be aware that I do have the mind of Christ and I need to focus and, and think, okay, I, I want to know more. Show me more, Lord, because you told me I have the mind of Christ, of you. So I want to know more. I want to know more of you, more love, more power, more of you in my life, like the song says. So one of the things that we can focus is to having the mind of Christ, is knowing your position in Christ that God works through you. So that's one of the important things for us to just to, to know, to be conscious that we, we, he did give us the mind of Christ. He did give us the mind that we have, we can tap into his beauty, into his spirit. Don't make me sing that more love song. <laughs> <laughs> Could get ugly. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who among men knows the thoughts of God except the man's spirit within him? And who know who knows the thoughts of man except the man himself. So we know the thoughts of man, but the Spirit of God knows the thoughts of God. And so we've been given the Spirit of God so we can know the thoughts of God. And it says, like you just mentioned, they're the things freely given to us versus things that are cause and effect oriented. If if we do good things under the law, God will give good things to us. That is what he says, no eye had seen, no ear had heard, nor had it ever entered into the mind of any man what God has prepared for us. But he's given it to us by his spirit and his spirit is the one that shows us all the things freely given to us and when we mix those two concepts like I hate to say we do all the time it's a little bit me and my commitment and then it's a little bit God that's not freely given that's cause and effect religion that was the law that's why the law came before grace you had to get to the idea 
like Paul said, that I see no good thing in me that is in my flesh, my human effort. Once you have that, you're like, you're not like the rich young ruler going away disappointed. You're saying, you know what? There is no good thing that dwells in me, but all the good things God has, his spirit, are the, the love that I want to have, the joy that I want to have, the peace that I want to have, the, the patience that I want to have and don't have, the, the, the loving kindness. What else? What other fruit are there? I've got five. Joy. Joy. Peace. Peace. Patience. Self-control. Kindness, self-control. Could use that one a lot of times. Yeah. They all come from the Spirit. And then when we learn, as Paul said, I put no confidence in the flesh. I put no confidence in my ability to say, you know what? I, I got to deal with Greg today. And I, by golly, I'm just going to be peaceful with Greg. And I'm, I'm going to be patient with Greg. He annoys the dog out of me, but I'm just going to be patient. How long is that going to last? It's not going to last at all because I have no patience in me. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So when you see me being patient with Greg, and I'm kidding, of course. Greg's easy to be patient around. When you see me being patient with Greg, it's the Spirit manifesting patience. When you see me being kind to Greg, Greg's easy to be kind to. But uh, a guy that just stole my parking spot at the courthouse and I got a I got to get in there before the judge in two minutes, or I'm going back to jail. And this Gee, Bill, what did you do? <laughs> it wasn't the fruit of the spirit; it was a manifestation no, of my it was flesh. Serious flesh, right there. Hypothetically speaking, speaking of course. But when I just don't have, I don't have the time to be patient. Sometimes I can still be patient if I'm depending on the spirit, because. The thing about depending on this manifestation of the Spirit, it takes the burden off of me. So I'm, I'm doing the, uh, the only burden I'm actually given in the two New Testament. I am told to make a tremendous effort to do something. Rest. Rest. <laughs> I love that verse. Make every effort to do good. To make every effort to stop sinning make every effort to be kind to greg no it doesn't say that. it says make every effort to enter that rest because the one resting has ceased from his works ceased from getting his flesh to trying to do for him what he what he can't do so once you stop doing what you try to do in your human nature and realize that it's him then you are at rest. And and that's when you humble yourself and you allow him to work through you. The Bible says that for us to humble ourselves, he cannot work in somebody that is not humble because it's the opposite of what God wants. God wants to manifest to show that it's him, not you. It's not about us. It's about him. Yeah. It's about him and us. So allow yourself Put yourself in a position to know that it's him. It's his power. 
I'm going to enter the rest. I'm going to be peaceful and knowing that he's doing the battle for me. He's giving me the patience. The moment you realize that and the moment you, you ask him, you talk to him like a loving father, says, Lord, give me this patient. I'm going to put myself aside. Let this patient come, come from you. Let this generosity come from you. Give me the power I need today to endure the day. Knowing in your mind that it comes from him, now he can work. He can work through you because you have humbled yourself. That is the ultimate expression of humility. When you say, God, I can't do this, you've got to do You have humbled yourself. And he does it. And, and that's he when does, he does it. Yeah, he can't is, do it when you're trying to take control. That's what he means by saying, humble yourself. I can't do it. Ultimate expression of humility. Now, one would ask, okay, I understand, but how do I actually grasp that? How do I get God to actually manifest through me? Is there something I need to do? There's nothing you need to do. The Lord loves you already. You already yeah. is. Now, he gave you his word. You do what a Christian does. He gave you his word. Be in the word. Read the word. Delight in the word. Do the things that are good. Be around Christians that love the Lord. Have fellowship with those who encourage you and you encourage them. Draw close to God by being around the things of God. Don't be around things that are not of God. There are moments in life that you don't have a choice. You're going to have to be around things that are not of God. But when you can, be around things. Make a point. Church, for one, is it's, I, I heard a, one thing that stuck with me for 20 years. It's not optional to go to church or to have a place to fellowship and get together with the brothers and sisters. That's not optional. You feed on your spirit. We were not meant to be alone. We are meant to have fellowship with the Father and with one another. He talks about that in, in Corinthians. So be in fellowship, just like the three of us are in fellowship right now. God is working through us, but we're allowing it, and, and we're doing what he asked us to do. We're in fellowship with one another. We took the time to sit here and just talk about God. Whatever comes to our hearts, just this moment, we opened up with prayer before we started the podcast, put everything to rest, and the three of us together right now, doing the things of God, whatever that might be, whatever way the, the Lord leads us. So this is how... The, the manifestation is rest. Just make yourself available to him. Humble yourself. Realize that it's him, not you. Boom. Yeah. He comes in you. Get right in the middle of him. Be right in You're the middle so of right, church. too. It, it, the First Corinthians 12, 12, the body is a unit. Yes. Though it's made up of many parts, right. and all the parts are many. They it is one, one body. Yes. Yeah. And then he goes on to say what you just said. The the hand can't say to the foot, right. I have no need of you. Right. I got this. Um, the mouth can't say to the feet. The feet can't say to the ears. Basically, you can't say, I don't need you. We all need each other. That's right. How can you fellowship with God if you're alone? <laughs> He's in the people around you. And you need him. And, and you can fellowship with God by yourself. It's a, it's a call prayer. But, but you need, to, to Greg's point, you do need the body. You need it. You need it. 
and God didn't give. Uh, I think you touched on that earlier about the the different manifestations. Uh, nobody has all the gifts, the manifestations, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. except that one guy that we do. <laughs> I got that gift. I got that gift. <laughs> It's yeah. old memory, isn't it? Yeah. Bless his heart. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let me kind of wrap things up by, by saying, Greg's right. We have the mind of Christ. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Jesus was meaning, Nicodemus, unless you get the spirit inside of you, you can't see the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus, when he got in front of a crowd, he would say, he who has eyes, let him see. He who has ears, let him hear. They all had eyes and ears, but he wasn't talking about human eyes and ears. It's the spirit, the mind of Christ sees the activity of God all around him. It's our spirits that see it, not our human nature. We can train our senses to perceive when we see the spirit but it's our mind that actually for one has the faith to to realize to believe that you're looking at the spirit because the spirit's invisible you don't actually see it you just see the manifestations of it and it takes the spirit to do that which brings us back to guardians of grace message we're all about the spirit to do for us what, what we, we can't, can't do for ourselves yes does anybody want to close us in prayer I'll, I'll close us in prayer okay father we thank you for this time we thank you that you reveal yourself to us while we were still sinners lord i thank you lord that you manifest you show up you are in us every single minute of the day lord you're always there we just have to be aware of your presence just see it Lord. give us the eyes and the mind of christ that we're able to see the things that are from heaven the things that are from you lord i thank you for this time and i ask you that you bless and you pour out into everyone's heart that is listening to this message lord that you open their hearts and their minds that they may receive your spirit not our words lord but your spirit that revealed to them your true nature, Lord, your true love, your true spirit, Lord. Reveal yourself to them, I ask you, and cause them to grow every single day. Ask cause them to grow in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Greg, for being here with us. We love you. We love you. Likewise, likewise. We, We love you guys, too. We love you guys, too, as we say good night. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.